Wake up to the freshest sports radio vibe, Monday to Friday. It's just gone now, 16 minutes past 8 o'clock. Let's have those Premier League conversations. And Paul Mutlwane joins us on the other side of the phone line. And Paul, guten Morgen. Morning, morning, morning. You forgot a fourth. Uh-uh, Wait, nah, what's the streak? Uh-uh, what's the streak nah, I forgot? Uh-uh, nah. Invincibility, baby. Uh-uh, uh-uh, right. nah. And I was Do about to say, I was about to say, can you relax? Like, can you just come on and boy and be neutral as possible? Yes, congratulations to Arsenal, but not congratulations to you. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I'm no, look, I'll be neutral. I just put that out there. It's fine. I'm yeah, really no. sad. You're right. I, I ignored the invincible streak, and that's my fault. So there's four, four streaks. Listen, four it's been night. a good October for you. Yeah, no, it's been a great October. Yo, when does it stop? It won't stop. Okay. Yeah, you're asking Paul the wrong <laughs> questions here because he's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's I not going to be like, thought, in about thought, two weeks' time, I suspect. I thought, I thought we were having that honest conversation look, as important as an analyst. Look, it's like, we're going to give you a break with the World Cup. Definitely. On, on, on December 26th, we're coming back for it all. Uh, yeah. You, this is a terrible... You can't have this conversation with someone who's top of the lot. So here's the conversation then, right? Congratulations to Arsenal. Um, fantastic win up against Leeds. We only thought that load shedding happens this side. I know it wasn't load shedding, but it was a power cut. Yo. <laughs> but yeah. they got... How long was it? How long was the late? 36 minutes, yeah? Or something yeah. like that. Crazy. Yeah. That was, it was like was it 20 minutes? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just it were like fifteen minutes behind everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so then let's let's talk about your Arsenal squad at the moment, um, and obviously with World Cup coming, just by the top of your head, looking at that squad of yours, is everyone starting in their country for the World Cup, and who would you be highly disappointed if they don't make it into the World Cup squad in I their countries? Look, I, I look. I wouldn't say I would be disappointed if people didn't go to the World Cup because then they could <laughs> sit at home and rest. Chill. But anyway. Um, William Saliba, number one. William Saliba needs to be a starter for France. I think he's put himself in that role to start with. You have to choose whoever you want to partner with him. I think it might be Kimpembe, but we will see at centre-back for France. Um, Gabriel uh, Magalhaes, uh, that centre-back Gabriel Martinelli as well, and Jesus all need to be on that plane to, 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 to Qatar, but I suspect one of them might not be. Um, Everyone's calling for Ben White. Yes, Ben White needs to be there. But England, obviously now with the injuries, it, it makes it a little bit more certain. Um, and Aaron Ramsdale will be on the plane as a reserve keeper. But if he doesn't get that, I think they'll be disappointed. I think guys played really well. Um, he, he, uh, obviously, Bukasaka being FA Player of the Year in 2022, um, he, he, he can't leave him off the plane. But if he does, it'll be scandalous. Can I talk about somebody who's not an Arsenal who deserves to be on the plane? Yes. Tanaka, your, your fingers are a bit slow. Um, it's Ivan Tony. He had a great... He's been playing some incredible football this season. Ivan Tony needs to go to that plane as that second striker for England. Behind Harry Kane. You have to take him. Like, I don't understand. Because um, they picked him in the, last, in the last games, but then you're sitting there going, but they didn't actually play him. Um, so I think Gareth Southgate really needs to because this weekend Ivan Tony on Friday and I showed us all that this man is has a plan and I think he needs to be on that plane to England for England to Qatar. Mm. Certainly, certainly, I would have to agree on current form. Ivan Tony is doing exceptionally well, um, and you know for some reason, looking at what England have, at least as outs and out number nines, 
it's not like they're really spoiled for choice in, in that position. You know, they have guys you can put in there and like make shift. But uh, Ivan Tony would certainly, I think he would compliment Harry Kane quite well in that in that English setup. So I absolutely agree with you. Uh, with regards to Arsenal, yeah, it's star started, isn't it? Uh, really star started at the moment. Does Bukayo Saka start for England? You didn't mention his name. He has to. Yeah, I did. I did at the end. But he, he did. He's, he's England. He's England Player of the Year. Mm, okay. Yeah. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Him and Mason Mount, the two informed players so far in this past yeah. month. They've had a really great end of September and early October. So that makes it that makes it very hard for Gareth Southgate. Um, to, to figure out who he plays because obviously you've got Phil Foden, you've got Saka, you've also got Mason Mount. Um, you've also got guys like Conor Gallagher who are making a late push and, 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 and obviously I, I'm, I'm an advocate for Jack, but I think Jack might, might be in trouble of missing out. Uh, largely because everyone's hitting form at the right time. Mm. Um, and, and, and Marcus Rashford's also putting a name for himself up there, which is really weird. And I don't think Gasaski is going to leave Sterling at home. Yeah, that, that same Jack Grealish, yeah, who's integral to City playing well. That guy. Um, <laughs> who, by the way, no, Alison Becker is no. more assistant. Yeah, and, no, no, Mpo said that. you got to uh, live and die by uh, things you say. That's uh, what Mpo uh. said. The thing is... Yes, I just say that. Look. I don't even know how long we must give Jack, right? Because with City this season, he was in form maybe for the first two games. And that's when we saw the system. I'm like, okay, this is what Pep's doing this time. He's letting him start. And he started really well. And then all of a sudden, he just fizzles out. And you're just like, how... Oh, where is that man that we paid so much money for? When does that money actually um, um, trans- translate into performances onto the pitch? No, it's translating. It's translating as to what the coach wants. The thing Aye. about a pep system is that everybody needs to play, needs to, needs to, needs to play for the system and not play for themselves. Whereas Jack was playing effectively for himself and his goals were aligned with the team goals. Whereas this time, his personal goals are not aligned with the team goals. His personal goals... Are, are, are convergent because he can't be Jack Grealish. I'm going to be running at players. City doesn't have players that run at players in, in, in that midfield. Um, they have guys, they pass the ball around, they utilize the ball to create the space. And that's what Jack's there to do. The game against Manchester United was a really important game because it gave everyone an semblance of what, what Pep wants Jack to do. Pep wants Jack a little bit deeper. Pep wants Jack to occupy spaces that the opposition isn't occupying, especially when they take when they use Holland, uh, they will double Holland or they, they're looking to close out De Bruyne, and that's where Jack needs to try and come in. In yesterday's game, obviously, it was an entire complete system failure because um, they were create the city was creating chances, um, but Liverpool were closing the, the were closing those spaces down, and and so it, it's really hard for Jack who has been playing, I would say, one-dimensional football that got him, that, uh, got him to, uh, to be paid, well, got Aston Villa $100 Because Jack was, get the ball to Jack, Jack then does something brilliant, and he goes and scores. Whereas here, now it's no Jack. You've got players who are slightly better than you, and you need to be a cog in the entire wheel. So that's where, that's where and, and I think he's done that really well. You're not going to get the same assist numbers. You're not going to get the same things because we're not requiring Jack to be the guy who bails Manchester City out. The guy who does that is Erling Haaland. The second guy who does that is, is Kevin De Bruyne. And number three would be Phil Foden. All Jack is, he's just a guy in a system um, to having to fit in, and he's not the alpha. When, when you're asking for alpha to do that, then yeah, fine, you can <laughs> say, no, the system, the goals, and whatever it is. Yeah. But it's like, so for, so I look at Jack and I look at Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho was supposed to be an alpha. He is... So let's go to him. Jack is just a guy. They just paid $100 million for a player because that's what the market wanted. 
so you're saying you're saying really expensive that that, that has to be the most expensive cog of all time that's yeah, what you're then saying that, yeah. that, that's a the waste most expensive then. role play of all time 100 million for a guy who just does things a little bit I'm but guys, too much. did you think he was Listen, going to uh, I thought it was no I just thought it was a terrible investment I didn't think he was going to do anything. I thought what he's doing right now is what he would do. And I just thought it was a terrible investment. And that's what we're arguing, really, right? Like, was it a good piece of business? I would say absolutely no. not. Because you can find someone to do Jack's role anywhere. You could even find him in the, in the DSTV Premiership. No, um, Paul, uh, okay, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to talk extensively about Jack, right? Mm. Yet. Because we're going to talk about Manchester City and Liverpool and, I, and, I, and we'll, we'll give it yeah. its, its moment. Quickly with Newcastle, right? Before we talk Manchester City and Liverpool. With Newcastle... Uh, they've, they performed really well yesterday. Kind of become draw merchants. Six draws so far this mm. season. Three wins for them, but still really good. 15 points. There's a feel, there's a feel good factor around the club at the moment. How far away are, City, uh, are Newcastle from... Let's start with top four. Let's not go all the way. Let's shoot for top four. How far away are they in terms of the personnel that they have, whatever you're seeing in terms of how they're playing on the pitch? How far away they are they from possibly a top four place? And, and then is Eddie Howe the guy who you think will carry them into top four and beyond, as an in into Premier League status or titles rather in the future? So I want to answer your second question first. Yes, Eddie Howe's the guy. Eddie Howe, I think, is the best coach in English, his best English coach um, in that country. And I know Harry Potter's sitting there going, but I've just won like four on the bounce. We know. But Eddie Howe, I think, is, is, is streaks ahead. Um, of, of all the English managers that are there, including Mr. Southgate himself. So I think they've got a gem at coach, and I think it props them up a lot, and it helps cover their deficiencies. The one thing is the way he plays Joe Linton as a defensive midfielder when, when he arrived in Newcastle, Joe Linton was a striker who couldn't score. That was just like a masterclass. But yeah, massive fan of Eddie Howe. They can, they need two seasons. They need Effectively, they need two windows, but they need to show promise. And this is what makes the season a little bit hard because you you thought with the with the with the um, with the with the with the signings that they've made they would make a statement and 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 Manchester United would have been a statement game to say that yeah we 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 can do this. So for instance, if you go back to when Manchester City started this renaissance in two thousand and seven, late early two thousand and eight, they got a couple of players who are on the back end of their careers um, to come into the Premier League, some Premier League proven players. It was that Robinho situation with Darius Vassell and everybody else. And it took a couple of windows for them to build up a squad that could be worthy of a top six or worthy of a top four. And then once they got that momentum and people started realizing that actually money beats tradition, um, it made life a little bit easier and they started competing with everybody else. That's what Newcastle are hoping for. Um, in this world where money's, where everything's overblown and, and I think the market's slightly overpriced, it's going to take them a, a little bit longer than what City got. But currently right now, they have a team that can fight for the top half, but top half's not it. You need to be beating the West Ham's. You need to be doing that. And they're doing that right now, but you need one of those moments or statement win this season to say, yeah, we're on the right track. Um, and so it will take a few seasons, but as we've seen with Manchester City, this project's not for 2023 or 2024. This project's for 2032. And so they're just going to be sticking. And that's why Eddie Howe makes sense as a manager, because you then get the same continuity. You get a guy who's a master tactician who can shape and mold his team into different things, and it will go. 
Kieran Trippier is a, was a really great buy last year. He's proving well. Uh, Alexander Isak, when he comes back, he'll be really good. But Callum Wilson is picking up a little bit of form, a little bit of steam. And a guy like Bruno Guimaraes is so great because he gives everyone else in Europe who's like a B star, B slash A minus star, thinking of, 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 of coming into the Premier League, Newcastle's a great guy. Like, the fact that West Ham got Lucas Paqueta tells you that this is the best league in the world, it has the most money, and the best players in the world will want to play in here. And, like, I think I said it on my podcast the last week, Kylian Mbappe, if I was Newcastle, I'd break the bank now. No way. Come on. I Come on. <laughs> I don't think he'd go Kylian there, Mbappe though. going to, what's it called, Tyneside? Come on. I don't on. think he'd want to go there. No, I understand tradition and everything else, but I would put... It's like Kevin Durant asking for a trade. I'd put in an offer. I, he can say no. He can say yes. But I'd say I'll make you the richest player in the history of world football. Yeah, that would be quite interesting. I want Listen, the deal would make sense. I just think Kylian Mbappe is, is, is too much of a star for a club like Newcastle right now. Way too much. No, but Tanaka, guys, 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 if it's just for rental, if it's just for six months, I'd do it as well. As in he comes to Newcastle and then... Because he wants out in January. I'd say, fine, six months. You can go to Real Madrid in the summer. Give me six months, like a Kawhi Lynn. How does that benefit you? It benefits me because my fans know that my, what my ambition is. My ambition is to get these players. Mm. And the thing about it is if Mbappe comes to Newcastle, even if it's for six months and he has a great time, more players would be like, well, if Mbappe enjoyed his six months and we knew that Real Madrid's a bigger club than Newcastle, they can't compete there. But if he enjoyed his time in Newcastle for six months, more players will want to come to Newcastle. Shouldn't we start with the B plus? I mean, I can't imagine Mbappe playing with Almiron. Let's be honest. I mean, with playing with, with no, the long stuff. Remember, remember what is going on here? <laughs> remember when Robinho moved to Manchester City? Yeah. Everybody was shocked. True. Because he was an, at the time, he was an A star. He was the Salazar. He was the guy leading the Salazar after that Ronaldo era with, with, with Adriano going a little AWOL at the time. Why can't Manchester City do something like that? Yeah, I hear or you. Newcastle. I hear you. I just think, I, personally, I think that's a step too far. Um, but I think there are some, 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 some B-plus players that they could sign that would really push them further along the line. Um, I just think, wow, imagine that. Imagine Newcastle with Mbappe. It's just... It's, my mind is, is boggled right now. I can't even think about it. But so you are right. It, it, it's going Saudi to take Arabia a big signing. Saudi Arabia has all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia has all the money in the world. That's mm-hmm. true. Don't play with them. That is true. But, but let's, let's wrap it up here, yeah, right? Because we have to. to talk about the game. that we. I really want to skip it, but we really can't. Um, looks like their previous win was something that they needed. Mo Salah, finally, the confidence is growing. Um, and I think he's back, right? Um, I think also it was a good one for your goalkeeper. <laughs> He's got more assists, right? He's got more yeah, assists than Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish yeah. <laughs> and James Sancho. Oh, jeez. Okay. Love that for Ellison. <laughs> I love that for Ellison. But anyway, when we when we make up the performance that Liverpool put out yesterday, can we somewhat say that Liverpool is back? Um, yes, I know. It's just, I mean, they're still sitting way low. But like, can we finally say that Liverpool is back um, based on what they, they did yesterday? And they still, I mean, I don't believe that a, a good team, this was one of the best teams that we had last year, can turn bad overnight. I don't think they turned bad overnight. I just think they got complacent and they didn't refresh. There's a big, there's a big problem about, especially in the Premier League, when teams do not refresh their squads. Um, 
especially when they were at the top. And that's what Liverpool found themselves in in, 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 in this season, is that the squad is aging. They will get a step slower. But everybody else is getting better because we're getting B, B, B plus, B stars in the, in the Premier League. Um, now, so everyone's getting slightly better. It's no longer like guys from the championship, you know. It's not like 15 years ago. So you have to always refresh. And also, so Alex Ferguson got really nice. And I think this is something that we we need to put at Jurgen Klopp's feet um, because you've got a core group of players who are 30, and then who else is after that, you know? And 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 the younger guys haven't even gotten exposure. So that that was the one thing. And I think it's going to take a lot longer in the season to do it. What I saw yesterday was a pragmatic Liverpool. I saw a Liverpool that normally gets um, possession, um, but they ended up settling for playing on the counter. Against Arsenal, they wanted to get possession. Against Arsenal, they played. They had more possession than Arsenal. In this game, they didn't. They decided to sit back at home, at Anfield, and let City just play around them and they were going to pick them off. And you saw the goal and the chance that Marcella had that he missed, all coming off of counter-attacks, all coming off of a long ball from Allison, which is a, which is a attack that Liverpool uses, but it's not the go-to ball, whereas yesterday it felt like it was the go-to ball. Liverpool played really well. I think the biggest worry for all Liverpool fans was how the defense was going to hold up, and it defended with their lives. It was like Virgil van Dijk, giving us one of those masterclasses to remind us that he's actually that good, even though he is slightly a step off it than the version that we saw two years ago. And so I was really happy for, for, for that because I, 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 I wondered if Jurgen Klopp had a I-can-defend-for-19-minutes mode in him, and he proved that. Previous times when Liverpool played Manchester City, Liverpool took the game to Manchester City. But I think after losing to Arsenal and being quite open, they decided to be a little less pragmatic. And to a certain extent, yes, teams need to be a lot braver in attack, but that bravery goes both ways. Because, for instance, if you can, I see guys online talking about, no, you can attack Liverpool with a 3-2-5 in attack, uh, Man City with a 3-2-5 in attack. But my answer to them is, okay, lose the ball in the middle of the park, you're dead. And that's what Manchester United found. Um, and, 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 and a lot of teams have found this season. But Liverpool at, were, were yesterday were like, you know what, we're going to shut up shop. We're going to defend. We're going to put bodies on, 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 on Erling. We're going to close the spaces. And, and having a guy like Thiago in the team helps you be able to manage and, and close those spaces. So they have that in them. But I wouldn't say they're back. Yes, they beat Rangers 7-1 as Rangers under a, a, a new manager whom I love. Um, but but for me, you'd want to then start getting the consistency. This, what, when we say Liverpool are back, we want to see three Premier League wins in a row. You want to build that momentum. You don't want to the staggered momentum because they did this before. They beat Bournemouth and we thought they were back and then they went back into their hole. You want them to try and get that going. And I think for me, the next game is going to be truly important, especially midweek. Yeah, I think for me, personally, season started yesterday in Paul. I never made much of that Bournemouth win or even that 7-0 uh, over at Rangers. I was looking for this type of performance, like a, a, a defensive performance, you know, where you see once again the running stats are up uh, and the squad overall just looks committed again. It, that's been gone for a while. And I think you're right in your assessment of Virgil van Dijk. He looked the Virgil van Dijk before that, that, that yeah. injury that he got. And, and it was great to see he finally engaging things and... There wasn't that soft jog that he's been doing for a while. I want to. There's so much more to talk about as it pertains to that game, but we, we're out of time. Our producers call time. Um, and Paul, maybe we'll hear more from you on the podcast. Mm. Yeah, a little bit later on. To when, when are you dropping the podcast? 
Um, my podcast dropped last week, but I've got later this week on Thursday. On Thursday, uh, you're, okay, yeah. you're recording again. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we can speak more on the Twitter streets and and possibly find mm. those conversations into your podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Paul. Really appreciate your time. Sure. All right, thanks, guys. That's important. Paul Mutlo on the phone line. Unfortunately, couldn't ask him all the questions I would have wanted to ask about Liverpool and that performance yesterday. But I really do believe season has just begun for my beloved Reds. At Vision View underscore S on Twitter, Vision View Sports Radio, Instagram and Facebook. Sports Daily, every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m.